the Spielman and Hooley We Tackle Life podcast. Uh, the Andy and J.J. Dalton Foundation has donated millions of dollars to help Cincinnati families, sick kids, local hospitals. They estimate they've impacted 5 million lives. That's amazing. So he's done a great job. Here's a story about Andy Dalton. Last year they're playing in Oakland. Auden Tate gets hurt. Uh, neck injury, I believe. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're on the, they get on the plane. They're coming home. Andy Dalton has a first-class seat. Is you know, behooves his status as a veteran on the team. I never had that. Well, you're never a quarterback, son. <laughs> Andy Dalton. <laughs> That's right. Aud- Can you uh, tell when I get up uh, or get involved in my morning devotion a little bit uh, too much? The open stays the same as the uh, previous show. Yes. I didn't want you uh, knocking on the door, banging on the door. You know, I don't. I sit in the driveway. You sit in the driveway and wait for me to open the front door? Is yeah. that what you wait on? Oh, you do? I do. Oh, okay. I'm, you were a little early this morning. I'm a slave to you, to the state, <laughs> to everybody. How long did you sit in my driveway this morning? Five minutes. Did you really? Yeah. Before I came out? Before yeah. I came up? Yeah. Oh, I don't want to wake you up. Well, you didn't wake me up, buddy. I was down here getting the uh, podcast studio set up. I'm going to look at my phone here to see if you texted me that you were here. No, I didn't I text you. I not see anything. I didn't okay. text you. I didn't want to bother you. Okay. Well, you're not bothering me. I would have just said I'm not ready yet. So I know I like to have the studio all ready to go when you walk in, but I was not. Uh, I needed about three more minutes today. But all right. That's, but I'll explain why. I'm looking forward later to it. in the podcast. I'm looking forward. It's a very to it. cool moment this morning. Good morning. It's a Wednesday edition of Spielman Hooli We Tackle Life podcast. Um, I thought we'd talk today uh, about the passing of Don Shula, about uh, maybe our expectations for the Bengals and Browns. Justin Fields is the Heisman favorite. I did a little hit with Sports Illustrated yesterday. On that, and Mel Kuyper says Justin Fields is gaining on Trevor Lawrence as uh, the way too early prediction number one overall pick in the draft. I don't know that I'd want to be projected as the number one overall pick in the draft. I remember (laughs) a few years ago, I can't give you the exact number of years, but at this time of year, it's always trendy to talk about who's the next number one overall pick in the draft. And a few years ago, it was Geno Smith. And Geno Smith ended up not going in the first round. And a lot of times there are a bunch of quarterbacks projected at this time of year to go in next year's NFL draft. And then the longer you see them, the more warts you see or think you see. I don't expect there are going to be uh, a bunch of, if any, warts on Justin Fields. But as we go into the 2020 college football season, and we're going to predict that it's going to happen because we hope and we think things are trending that way, whether the poobahs will will agree or not, is open to speculation. But I, I think Justin Fields is going to have a great year. I think Trevor Lawrence is going to have a great year. I like them both. I think they're both unique. One, one thing Justin, I thought, could improve on and needed to improve on last year, and he did slightly as the year went on, is pocket presence and understanding where pressure is and where it's coming from. Not saying he certainly has the mobility to escape it and do all those types of things. Just a little bit better, more natural feel inside the pocket. I thought he held the ball a little bit too too much sometimes last year, which is, you know, that's fine. That shows he's not afraid to take a hit. He's a tough kid. We know that. He's a really good player. I mean, a really good player. Uh, I do think some of his game can be improved, but the thing that I was impressed with uh, last year that I thought was a question mark because I heard it was a question mark, and this was a good lesson for us all to understand Trust your own eyes. Don't guy. Don't always go by what you hear. Was he had accuracy issues, and that was not the case. I thought he no. was tremendous last year, and, and and Trevor Lawrence is a good player. All these guys are good players. They're only going to get better, and they're going to, I think, both benefit from playing another year of college football. Well, when we go back uh, in time, uh, I'm trying to think debate between who's one and who's two. There really wasn't a debate between Andrew Luck and Robert Griffin the third no not not from not from the perspective Andrew Luck was just you know they talked about Andrew Luck being the best prospect since John Elway the debate that I recall and I'll go back here and look uh, at previous NFL drafts in a moment but the debate that I recall and I think that most people recall are uh, was between Peyton Manning and Ryan Leaf I could see where this could become as debated as Peyton Manning and Ryan Leaf, because as you've talked about many times, when we've talked about what we like in quarterbacks, you like a a mobile quarterback. Yes. Some people like a pocket quarterback. Now, Mm -hmm. I mean, if you're an Ohio State fan right now, you're 
doing a double take going, hey, Bruce, did you watch the Fiesta Bowl and did you watch Trevor Lawrence run 63 yards for touchdown? He is not a statue back there, but I think Justin Fields, I would say, is when healthy, he wasn't in the Fiesta Bowl, but when healthy, he's a bit more mobile than uh, Trevor Lawrence. I would say he is. You don't agree? No, I don't. Okay. I don't think it's enough to put me over the top on top of the Justin Fields, Trevor Lawrence race right now. I think Trevor Lawrence is in the lead uh, right now, but that could change. That certainly could change because nobody at this time last year had Joe Burrow as being the first pick overall. No, and, he's, it, it, and it wasn't even close. He's the anti-Geno Smith. Yeah. He went from like the fourth round to the number one overall pick. And it wasn't even close, by the way. Now, Joe just had the best year of any college quarterback in the history of football last year. And the, yeah. the amount of talent that was around him was also amazing, which helped Joe shine. So that brings us to Justin Fields, okay? So we know we have a couple guys back with some experience, but it's pretty much a brand-new receiving core, brand-new running back, brand-new, a uh, couple new offensive linemen. Mm-hmm. But I think Justin is so good in, you know, the, the quality that we look for, and it's so rare to find an NFL quarterback. It's the two that come to mind that elevate everybody around them. I have three that immediately came to my mind, Russell Wilson, uh, the uh, Aaron Rodgers, and, of Rogers. course, Tom Brady. Yep. Those are three that come to my mind that automatically elevate. They don't need a good supporting – I mean, they're NFL players, so they're good players, but they don't need superstars around them to elevate their game. They what have about- a unique a talent of elevating really good NFL players to be <laughs> really, really good yes. NFL players. Yes. What about, although he is not doing it now, literally not doing it now for anyone – but in the year he was MVP, what about Cam Newton? I was never a fan of Cam Newton. Uh, anybody that's watched me do NFL the last mm-hmm. few years, Cam Newton completes less than 60% of his passes. I think Cam has great qualities. I think he's good, tough. But if you're asking me to pick top 10 quarterbacks in the National Football League, he doesn't even enter in my mind. I, I agree. I just think it's... Interesting that that one year, uh, did they have Steve Smith or was Steve Smith in Baltimore? Uh, the year that he was MVP, that, that he was MVP, and they I'm went to the sure. Super Bowl. I don't, I don't know that they had Steve Smith. I, think, I can't remember well, who they had. Musin Muhammad. Who was their running back? Am I overlooking a great running no, back that that's, they had? That was their team had a great defense. Cam was really good player too. Uh, just because Greg Olson, yeah, and Greg Olson. Um, with Cam Newton, I, it, and I'm not comparing him to Mark Ripien, but Mark Ripien, the year the Redskins killed us and beat the Super Bowl, had the best year of any quarterback. Yeah, And you could say that about Cam nowhere. Newton. I mean, Cam had a great year that year. He played really, really well. But if you're going to pick top 10 quarterbacks in the league right now, do you pick Cam Newton? If Cam Newton was a top 10 quarterback in the league, you think he'd be on a team? <laughs> I think if he was a top twenty quarterback, he'd there be you on go. The team. That's a re- really good. That's uh, I was trying to be nice, but of you course you, nice. you know, you're I, you a know fountain me. of truth. You know, well, <laughs> thank you. That's a nice way of putting it. I could have just said you. You're a jerk. So you know, no, but no, that's that's true. Um, back to Justin Fields and Trevor Lawrence. When you think about what NFL teams are looking for, checking boxes, size check, ability to throw the football and play from the pocket check. The other thing that they have that so many times quarterbacks don't have, they have a bunch of college starts under their belt. A bunch of college starts under their belt. And I'm anxious to see what Justin Fields becomes with a second year of Ryan Day's coaching. And Ryan Day has remarked about how he's interested in seeing a quarterback at Ohio State under his tutelage as a starter for two years because he's not had that. He had JT Barrett, and then he had Dwayne Haskins. And right. then he had Justin Fields. It's a, well, it's a good. It's another test of coaching ability, right? And a natural improvement from, you've heard me talk about this many years. Maybe, maybe some of our new listeners haven't heard this. There's always expected now a natural improvement from first year to second year starter. The interesting study that I will look at is how much uh, this will hinder, if any, the growth of Justin Fields and the growth of all the young players because – of the forced lockdown that we're under and that these kids can't get together or they'll get arrested or yeah. cited 
if there are more than 10 of them playing catch. So we'll yeah, see. Yeah, Big Ten uh, put the kibosh on anything on campus until June the 1st. But there are schools around the country saying they're having school in the fall. I was looking at the list last night. Power 5, um, I think Baylor? Baylor, yes. Baylor was the only Power 5 school that I saw. Well, but te- the Iowa guy's talking about playing football June the 1st. So is yeah. the Arkansas guy. Well, you know, Texas is known as a freedom-loving state. Yeah. Texas, and uh, you said before the SEC is going to play. Gene Smith had said several weeks ago, and things always change, so it's not really fair to hold anyone to anything they said a month ago. I'm just bringing it up so that you can factor in that things change. Mm -hmm. Gene said a month ago that he feels the decision on playing college football will be a national decision, not a league-by-league decision. And I don't know how that would look if, you know, Gavin Newsom in California says you can't play. So the Pac-12 can't play because they have, what, four schools in the Good, Pac-12? bring the American in and they can go do something Bring else. the American into the Pac-12. Will we notice say, a difference if the American plays in the Pac-12? Not really. <laughs> I mean, Oregon. <laughs> Oregon, yeah. Utah's a pretty good team Utah's every a, year. Utah's okay. Utah in the Big Ten would equate to Wisconsin, wouldn't you say? I agree. Yeah. Yeah. Which is good. <laughs> That's not bad. Yeah, they're That's okay. Good. Yeah, Wisconsin's okay. No, uh, they're, they're not, they're not it's, Ohio it's, State. No, but... There, one how, is, how many Ohio States are there? There's Alabama. There's one in the Big Ten. There's uh, Ohio State. There's Clemson. Clemson, Alabama, Ohio State. Those are the top three. Georgia. Georgia's in Georgia. LSU, maybe. Georgia can see Ohio State. Like if Georgia's yeah, Georgia a, can see Ohio Georgia's State. running a race with Ohio State. Like Ohio State's on the same straightaway as Georgia. But Georgia's just rounding the one curve as Ohio State mm-hmm. is way ahead rounding the other curve. But Georgia I, could get there if they had a great I year. Put, uh, Maybe I, keeping Justin Fields would have helped that, I Georgia. put uh, LSU up there, too. I think LSU is yeah. in the ballpark. Those four yeah. that I think everybody else is chasing, to be honest with you. Well, um, That's just the way it is. Hey, I mean, you talked about the talent around Joe Burrow. Nobody knew about you – know, nobody really knew the, the depth and breadth of LSU's talent until Joe Burrow tied it into a nice, beautiful package. Yeah. And maybe he can do that for the Bengals this year. So Bengals have the Bengals are not without talent. Do you agree? I think their front line talent's pretty good. They're going to be better on the offensive line. Tyler Boyd is a guy that I really like. I think a lot of people like Tyler Boyd. Unfortunately, he plays on a bad team, so not a lot of people hear about Tyler Boyd. He's a one B. You look at one B, and of course AJ Green, of course, is a is a one A. John Ross can be good and has been effective when healthy. Eifert, I, did he retire? What's his deal? No, he signed with somebody else, I believe. All right, well, if they find a tight end, Joe Mixon is— They got a, Uzama. Just a guy. Yeah. Uh, Joe Mixon, of course, is is a really good player. Yes. They, they need to—and they address this in, in the draft, but they got and they addressed it with free agency, but their defense is just horrific last year. I mean, guys try hard, but mm-hmm. so does everybody in this world. Well, they've upgraded the defense. They've upgraded the offense. They spent in free agency. Uh, they have Joe Burrow. I'm trying to remember who else did they get in the draft? Did, did they get a, they wide get a receiver? receiver? Yeah, then T Higgins. Oh, they got T Higgins, right? They got T Higgins. So, so here's who they have: the Bengals. They have everybody in the AFC North, of course. At home, New York Giants. They could win that game. Possible. Jags. Yeah. Jags, are, I think, will be better this year. Everybody says the Jags are tanking. I really like the Jags draft. Yeah. I don't know. I don't Minch, think anybody's Minchu, tanking. Uh, Nobody's tanking. Uh, Titans at home and Cowboys at home. Those are tough. Andy mm-hmm. Dalton. Maybe Dak Prescott will be injured. That yeah, that'll be great. Dak Prescott injured. Andy return Dalton of the Red Rifle. The Red Rifle returns. Uh, and then away. Can they win any of these uh, road games? I would say in the division, No. At Baltimore, at Pittsburgh, at Cleveland. You no. don't think it can beat Cleveland? Well, anybody can beat Cleveland. So maybe I spoke too soon there. All right. Away, Washington Redskins. Can win that one. Yeah, they can. Joe Burrow against Chase Young. It's kind of a nice little interesting yeah, one two button. Dwayne Haskins. Joe Burrow versus Dwayne, Dwayne Haskins. Haskins. Boy, wouldn't it the be rematch. Ni- wouldn't it be nice? The rematch you, from spring is football. That, is, I, I never can keep track of Fox and CBS and who has what and what the parameters are. Is it conceivable you and Tom Brenneman could get you did oh, yeah. a bunch of Redskins games? We did, be, but this well, game's in Cincinnati. You've the only reason we did before. Redskins games was because the NFC East was playoff berth. We're up for battle. Uh, 
here's how the schedule works. Usually, I, th I think it's going to be totally different this year. I have a little theory on that if you want me to get into that right. in a minute about TV coverage, okay. what I would do. Okay. Um, because the season's going to be different or No, what? because we're, we're living under a everybody's going to die mentality. Well, that's what I mean. The season's yeah. going to be different. I, I, I think, well, normally how it works is Fox does all the NFC games. CBS in their in their home stadiums, you mean? So, no. If it's NFC, NFC, Fox will do it. If okay. it's NFC at an AFC, Fox will do it. So then it's vice versa for CBS. Yeah. If it's AFC versus AFC, CBS does it. Okay. If it's AFC at an NFC team, CBS will do so it. So essentially, your network, Fox is an NFC. Let's right. say they're an NFC. You own your team on the road. I was thinking right. you own your team no, at home. You own your team on the road. On the road. Now, right. they also have something where uh, there can be switches. You have a certain amount of switches. I don't know how that works. Somebody tried to explain it to me, and you might as well try to explain nuclear. Quarterback rating. It's yeah. a, I just, whatever, <laughs> they figure something out. So CBS will swap a game with NBC, then Fox will swap one two years later for something. You know, it's like a, the, a game to be named. Yeah, later. it's a game to be. Yeah, some of it's like that. <laughs> and so, and then ESPN and Monday Night Football, of course. So, but the general rule is that. Okay. Here's what I think: If I were Fox or CBS, this is what I would do. So you'd have the Redskins at the Bengals, NFC. You own them on the road. No. Fox. Redskins at the Bengals. Yeah, I Redskins. Thought the, I thought oh, the oh, Bengals at the Redskins. No, no. Let me check. I think it's at the Bengals. Oh, oh, you're right. I was like, okay, yeah. No, you wouldn't so, have that. No, I would. But no, but I could because I've done that before. I've okay. done two AFC teams in a swap week before. Okay. So okay. I, there's just what I've learned to do is that you know, for a general rule, keep it like this. But don't be surprised if you're doing AFC at, at mm -hmm. NFC or AFC versus AFC. It just depends on the week, especially as you get later in the week. And you get that picked scheduling, or where, where NBC starts to pick games, or flex, they call flex, it flex, flex scheduling, then uh, it can change. But here's how I envision, if I were Fox or CBS and I was uh, uh, running the show, I would say I would have all my, and I would get together and say, look, let's do all our, for, for reasons of travel, like it probably cost a million dollars a week to put a game on. You know, just the trucks and the equipment and the crews and the travel, all that. Probably a million dollars a week. Maybe a little less. And I'll say 500 to a million, but I'm not sure. I thought I read a million or talked to somebody who said it was a million, but that's beside the point. What I would do is I would say, okay, I got Spielman and Brenneman living in Ohio. You know what I do? I put them on Pittsburgh, Cleveland, Cincinnati, Chicago. Indiana and Nashville games yeah. and Tennessee games. Sure, makes sense. We can we can drive to all of those games. Yes. You would save a bunch of money. And I don't know if they want to do that. Maybe they are talking about that. Maybe now. Doing that because of, you know, everybody's taking a hit. Nobody right? wants like, to fly on planes now. Right. I mean, everybody at Fox took a 15% uh, pay cut. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. A little breaking so, news there. Yeah, it is, it is breaking, by the way. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, but that's fine. I, I have no problem doing that because that's what the company needs. And well, you sacrificed a lot. So, well, and, I mean, but but everybody's doing it. Sure, so, sure. And so in you know even if obviously Troy Aikman's fifteen percent isn't Chris Spielman's fifteen percent. You know no, that's it's, it's more, yeah. but it's less because right. Troy's getting paid. But Troy's doing it, and and, yeah. and Steve Shanks and uh, Brad Zager and Jacob Ullman, those are the three top executives of Fox. They're all doing it, which is fine. Good. I'm glad they're doing it. And I'm happy to do it. But that would make sense to me because, first of all, you cut off all the airplane travel, which, mm -hmm. you know, supposedly it's not safe to, or safe yet to fly on planes. I don't know. Uh, the other thing is, you know, we wouldn't have to go in on a Thursday I can drive in Friday morning. Sure. You can, you know, you'll still have a hotel you have to stay at. But I think that would be the way to go. So you look at all the broadcast teams, you match those teams with whoever, and you have them do either a regional uh, broadcast. The other thing I heard that might happen, this might happen for college football. I don't think it will happen in the NFL. Maybe it will be for some of the lesser games uh, where we could possibly doing, be doing games in studios. I heard that. I don't like it. I don't think that I don't think the NFL will. I think it's going to make it harder on you as an analyst because your view of what you see, you're always so good. And this is the test for analysts: is tell me why, don't tell me what. 
And you, when you see, and anyone who's been to a football game knows what you see when you're in a stadium is much different than what you see when you I watch think, on television. I think though that I would have, hopefully, I would have the luxury of uh, there's one camera. All, I don't watch. Yeah, I watch the big wide thing because I can see things develop. Do you? You don't want? Do you watch a camera I, during a, uh, a no. feed during Here, a game or a live? Here's my routine. This is, uh, and each guy does it different. And there's not it's there's not one way that's a right way. It's just my way. What I do is I watch the play live. Then right before the play ends, or I anticipate it's going to end, they have a guy that's running the all twenty-two camera. Mm-hmm. I have that monitor right to right the down. right of me, right at eye level. Before the play's even over, my eyes are going there, and this guy is rewinding this super fast, mm-hmm. and he keeps rewinding it back and forth. And by the time, if I don't see it happen on the field, by the time uh, Tom's done saying what happened, yeah, I'm I've watched that play two times within six really? seconds. Okay, so that's my that's my routine. Okay. That's how I. Do it. In That's a, the gift that you had as a linebacker is helping you as an analyst because vision, you're seeing yeah. the game quickly as you saw it as a linebacker, and reaction was what helped you compensate for your well, egregiously ki- slow forty time. Yeah, and well, thank you. In the eyes of Mel, well, Kuyper. I wasn't a state champion. Well, but, but Mel Kuyper know. said, "What you'd be like a what a fourth round pick or something? Fifth, fifth. fifth. Was, thank you, know, you, Mel. You know, I wasn't a state champion." <laughs> Not twice. So that, oh, that's right. <laughs> As I'm reminded of every show for some because reason. Because you remind yourself no, of it. No. First of all, it wasn't egregious. For another. What was the 40 times? And I regret your nefarious statement. Well, it's a nice word. What was your 40 times, sir, at the uh, NFL scouting? I don't comment? recall. You know, Dan Patrick uh, will occasionally have someone on and read their scouting report, pre-draft scouting report. I wonder if I could find that. Have Chris Rick Spielman. Have uh, Rick will send you one. Really? Okay. Yeah. Why? Because Rick has it on the wall. Yes. <laughs> What's oh, yours say, Rick? Rick? Free agent reach. <laughs> we'll no, no, no doubtly be cut. That's a pretty good comeback on your part. Yeah. Southern Illinois. Yeah, but see, I got nothing on you because mm, all you got to no. do is throw up the West Jefferson Hall of Fame, which I was a proud... I was was I your inductor? <laughs> West Liberty Salem Hall of Fame. Whatever. Don't the Rough Riders don't want to claim me, trust me. <laughs> did I did I induct you? You didn't induct me, but you were so kind to come and you spoke and you gave them a big check and they love you there, man. They love you. Well. Uh, maybe I can, I can get an honorable state championship maybe you can. there. Since, maybe you'd be an honorary inductee. One, I couldn't get one at Maslin. Maybe I can get one at yeah. West Jefferson. Uh West Liberty. <laughs> Hey, I got something that'll make your pain go away from your 15% pay cut at Fox. What's that? We have a new sponsor, Spiels. A new sponsor. You say, wait a minute. Is that new, Bruce? If you're a P1 listener to the podcast, you go, wait a minute. I know all about AU Info. No, this is newer than new. Willis Spangler Starling Attorneys in Hilliard right on Truman Boulevard. Nice. Very easy to find. Willis Starling. Willis Spangler Starling. Uh, a really cool firm. I was in their offices yesterday talking to them. And Were I you was, allowed to be in there? I was allowed. Did you to have be a there. mask on? I did not have a mask on. Uh, then That's you okay. need to be reported. To they the had health some department. people in there with masks. And they had some people not in there with masks. And as I was waiting for Mr. Willis to come out and talk to me, I was looking around. I like to take you know in the scenery and see if there's anything I can pick up about the firm. And there's a sign on the wall, and this is what the sign said: "Live with purpose, relate with respect, act with integrity, serve with compassion." Work with enthusiasm, listen with empathy, speak with like wisdom, it. succeed with humility. And I thought, I'm good. They fit us. Yeah. They fit us. They're about the same values that we are. So, uh, their humility, service, especially. Yeah, right? humility, especially. We're all about that here with our two state championships. Four time Pro Bowler. College Football Hall of Fame. Two time All Pro. <laughs> all about succeeding with and humility. You- <laughs> But they are a full-service law firm. Uh, they, I was thinking to myself, you know, if you're a guy starting out, and a lot of the guys on our uh, listen to our podcast are very, very successful, and they're starting, they're kind of, they kind of hit the what they think is like the finish line of one race, and then they're starting a new race. They're married, they got a family, they get a good job, and now they're really embarking on maybe you know 15, 20, 30 year career. You want an attorney that you know you can call for any kind of issues that come yeah. up, and uh, Willis Spangler Starling I'm is that good. firm. So I uh, need their card. Check them out uh, on the web 
willisattorneys.com, and their local phone number, 614-586-7900, 614-586-7900. I will give, it, I will give yeah. you their card. I gotta. I want to meet these guys. Mr. Willis would be happy to talk to you. I want to see what. Uh, you and Mr. Uh, Willis could have fast some fascinating conversations. He is. Uh, does he go by Mr. Willis? He or? does not. He goes by Stan. Okay. He would be. He will. He will call me. and He will say, "Don't call me Mr. Willis. Okay. Call me Stan." His son Trey is going to uh, High Point uh, University on a baseball full baseball North scholarship. Carolina. Yeah. Great. Congratulations. So right there in Hilliard. Yep. I'm good. I look forward to meeting look them. Forward to meeting them. Absolutely. So how many sponsors is that? We have three now. Hemisphere Coffee Roasters, which so I'll tell you about okay. you know, a little later, but I think most people know about. And I'm going to Hemisphere today. Are you out of are you no, out of coffee? They do a good job. Okay, fantastic. It's I, I just was thinking this morning about that. I'm not blowing smoke here because I don't have to. Uh I I think like I had the Jamaican you're crazy, making me crazy. Whatever yeah. that is, and uh, it, was, it was great. And I've had that every day now because I'm just I go through whatever I pick out of the pot, and mm-hmm. so I've been picking uh, making me crazy out of the pot every day, and it's really good. And it would be good in an office. So I don't know if people are doing that that get pods or stuff, but I'm mm-hmm. sure their prices are competitive. I'm not. I don't know, but I know it's a different. It's it's such a different coffee. And I thank them for that. And I, and I don't mind saying that. It's just different. And it's much better. And it's not bitter. And it doesn't make me cringe. And I'll tell you, I had four cups. I went 27 miles on the Peloton yesterday. And I had I had the kids up up and running down to Jamaican Me Crazy while I'm on the Peloton. So. A Jamaican Me Crazy coffee relay. Yes. Nice. I'm at, I'm at 2,800 miles, by the way. 2,800 miles. Uh, so here's an idea. If you uh, are in office and you'd like to sample Hemisphere Coffee, uh, email us, SpielmanHooleyPodcast at gmail.com, SpielmanHooleyPodcast at gmail.com, and I'll bring you some samples of their K-Cup offerings or if you like it. And what, when you get it real fine, is that roast? Is that what that's called? I don't know. Roast? They, no, you I don't can, know. If you want to roast your own or grind your own beans, they'll, you can buy the beans from them. Or I'm whatever. all about simplicity, my mm-hmm. friend. Efficiency yep. and simplicity. So how many different varieties when you just grab a pod of you know your uh i've had them all wild card how many different kinds would you say you've had of hemisphere i've had them all and i like them all okay. so i that's why i don't i'm not picky about whichever one i get hemispherecoffeeroasters.com get your 15 percent off with the promo code we tackle life in all caps and if you uh, would like to donate that back to covid19 relief you can tell them in the comment section i'm a spielman and hooley listener they'll donate 20 percent of sales to COVID-19 relief. We draw four names Friday. And um, how many, do you know now, how, is this our seventh week? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to let you figure well, that I'll out. I'll calculate that. You're the numbers guy. So uh, I, on the way know, to $40,000 in uh, COVID-19 We're relief, either going away. to the end of January or the beginning of February. Wow. was what I calculated as 40 weeks Fantastic. from where we started. We just got to figure out that first time where we started, what day that was. Probably, I think this is um, probably this was our fifth or sixth week. I would think. Coming I think it might seven. be six or seven. Okay, good. Well, yeah. you know, and the other thing is with that, uh, just so you know, mm-hmm. um, as of Monday evening, and not due to our lack of communication, but we finally got everybody paid from last Friday. So, okay, that's exciting. Well, that's pretty quick. You know, well, to me, I know you'd like to have it done by <laughs> Friday noon. Well, it's just. That's I, I have a few pet peeves in life or a few things that I get anxious about. And I'm one of those guys, Bruce, and I don't want to get off on a tangent here, but if I look down and I have on my email a red number above it, I got to pull over. That you haven't returned an email, you mean? Or that I haven't read it. Really? Or I, if, I'm a, if I have a text, I got to pull over. I'm not going to read it while I'm driving, but I got to pull over. I wow. can't stand having any red numbers on my thing so i can't stand having anything outstanding i don't like to now i've always heard two pronunciations but i'll trust you procrastinate 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 yes i don't like to progress procrastinate say it again yeah procrastinate procrastinate p-r-o-g-r-a-s-t-i-n-a-t-e procrastinate procrastinate I was, it's one of those words way, that the more you say it, the more confused I get how to say <laughs> by it. By the way, I was King Spelling Bee champion. Excellent. In uh, Mrs. Wormley's uh, Don't tell fifth me, Longfellow Junior High? No, um, elementary school. But am I right? Longfellow Junior yeah, High? Yeah, poets. The Longfellow Poets. 
Thank God they changed and that name. For those of you who don't know, <laughs> Mr. Spielman is a pretty good. Are you an author when you write poetry? No, I think I'm a poet when okay. I write poetry. <laughs> God. You're a poet. I didn't know it. <laughs> yeah. Thank you, uh, Muhammad Ali. Here is a, uh, yes, sir, float like a butterfly, sting like a bee. Here is a nomination from all the way from Honolulu. Nice. Hemisphere told me yesterday we have people ordering from Texas, California. That's why you should uh, be a supporter of this show. That's right. You get business from all over. That's right. Uh, He says, Aloha, Chris and Bruce, from Andrew Dahl. I wanted to let you know that professional musician Dave Clough from the Nashville area has played the Buckeye Cruise for Cancer every year since 2008. He has held a campfire concert every Sunday evening, 8 p.m. for the last six weeks and gives a percentage of his tip jar to the Buckeye Cruise for Cancer. He raised over $1,000. I was wondering if you might consider giving him a shout-out on your podcast. Thanks, Dave. There we go. Great job, buddy. Great job. Dave Clough, Nashville. Dave Clough, Nashville. I thought it was a nomination. It was a shout-out. You All snuck right. that one in. That's proof I don't read the emails ahead of time. That's, but that's good, okay. Uh, no, that's but we fine. like people doing good things for charity. All right, back to the Browns because we went through the Bengals schedule. Uh, let's go to your uh, Cleveland Browns schedule for 2020. By the way, the NFL is going to have a big Thursday night schedule oh, wow. reveal. <laughs> let's go. I'm fired up. The NFL is winning on anything and everything. In the sports shutdown era. Because they're smart. Yeah. And they're operating without fear. They're operation operating with caution, but they're operating without fear. So the so the Brownies, it kind of looks like the reverse of the Bengals in that you know they're gonna get the same out of conference opponents. Yeah, NFC East, right? Yeah. Um well they get some in the AFC because they're playing the Titans. They're also, yeah, they are playing the NFC East because they're getting the Eagles, Giants, Redskins, Cowboys. So here's the Browns at home. Of course, they get their AFC North opponents. Then they get the Houston Texans to Sean Watson coming back to Cleveland. Okay. Storyline, storyline, storyline. That's good. We can retell the story of Hugh Jackson sending Deshaun Watson the text on the day of the draft. Be ready. Be ready. And Hugh said, no, 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 I didn't mean anything. I send a text to everybody saying be ready. So yeah. he sends like a 1,000 texts, Hugh Jackson. Cody Kessler. <laughs> I wasn't yeah, ready. Trust for, me, I wasn't ready for that. Huh? Philip Rivers and the Indianapolis Colts coming into Cleveland Browns Stadium. If Philip can figure out what color jerseys his team is wearing that day, he's pretty good. That's mean. I like Philip Rivers a lot. I'm a little feisty again today. You are. That fifteen percent pay cut will do it to you. Philadelphia. I, don't mind that. Phil, I know you. Philadelphia Eagles. Carson Wentz or Jalen Hurts. Because with Carson Wentz, you always have to say, or. Because Carson, who I love, is very humble. He welcomed Jalen Hurts to the town as soon as they drafted him. But Carson Wentz has a hard time staying upright. Yeah, when he is, he's good. He's really good. By the way, there's storylines. The Browns didn't draft Carson Wentz. They could have drafted Carson Wentz, and they didn't draft him. They drafted, which, you know, now looking back, you say, well, of course they didn't draft Carson Wentz. Because if they drafted Carson Wentz, they wouldn't have Corey Coleman. Yeah. Or a Bosa. The Browns were the only team to attend Carson Wentz's pro day because there was a big blizzard the day before, and Hugh Jackson had made it to North Dakota ahead of the only time in the history of the new Browns that they've been ahead of everyone in the NFL. (laughs) They arrived in wherever, North Dakota, uh, and they were at Carson's pro day. No one else was. So they got their eyes on him, and they said, Nah, no thanks. No. Corey Coleman, though, mm, yeah. Michael Jenkins, or Michael Thomas, no thanks. We'll take Corey Coleman. Uh, and then they have Dwayne Haskins and Chase Young coming in, too. Like, it's like, this great. is like, if you're a Browns writer and you can't make something out of those four teams coming to Cleveland Browns Stadium, give it up. That's easy for you, isn't it? That's Haskins <laughs> and Young, Phillip Rivers and the Colts, plus you got, Malik Hooker, I, I could never remember if Malik Hooker's from Pennsylvania from or from Indiana, I think. From Cleveland. No. There's Lattimore's. I think Lattimore's the one who Hooker and Lattimore played together. So like yeah. one of them's from Glenville, I think. Eagles with Wentz and the Texans with Deshaun Watson. It's like Who else is on there? Non comfort. Uh then a, then away at Mike Vrabel and the Titans. There's a storyline. Yeah. The Walsh Jesuit guy, who, by the way, thumped their butts last year in the opener by 40 
By 40, they lost to the Titans. At home, that's hard to do. How many teams do the NFL lose at home by 40? Rare. It's happened. It happened to me a couple times. <laughs> it happened last year to the Browns. That's when, that's when my dad was, my dad's famous or infamous, depending on what side you were on, when the San Francisco 49ers came in. Well, town. that's not a bad little team there. No, it BG. doesn't matter. We got beat by, they put 50 on us, and Ooh. he said, thank God they took Young out of there. They would have put 100 up on your ass right after the game. Dad, Sonny knew all. Just what to say. To Straight starter better. jacket, span jans, waffle bottom, coaching shoes. Always walked into Wayne's office. What the hell's going on around here? <laughs> Can you see, I, mean, you, I wish you would have met him. I oh, you. I wish I would have too. I so wished I would have. Because he would have cracked on me. Yeah. Stand up straight. And No, after you were done, you know, you know what you would say to yourself? You'd be in your car. You'd start your car and you'd have a thought after you met him. Talk to him for about an hour. That's the missing piece of the puzzle that I've been looking for. <laughs> There's right. another piece sure. to the puzzle. That's right. That's, That's right. the missing piece. Uh, the Brownies play on the road at the New York Giants. They play at Jacksonville. Those Giants two, will be better this year, by the two way. Two games they should win. And on the road at Dallas. On the road at Dallas. Big year for Baker Mayfield. There's another storyline. Baker Mayfield going back to Texas. It's a big year He's for him. He's from, uh, what's that? Fantastic uh, high school. Oh, come on, Bruce. It's coming to me, coming to me, coming. It's where Matthew Stafford played. Yeah. It's where Breeze played, I think. Uh, it's not Skyline, is it? Uh, anyway, I can't, Chili? I can't remember Baker's high school. No. Uh, so there's your Browns uh, schedule, mean, and they'll unveil that in dates and everything on Thursday night. Uh, the pitcher from the Dodgers also, Clayton Kershaw, played there. Did he really? Yeah, he and Stafford were teammates in baseball. Walking those halls. I uh, wanted to uh, say a word about our friends at auinfo.com. This is good because I was thinking about them yesterday. Okay. Go ahead. auinfo.com, helping you, small business owners and individuals too, throughout the state of Ohio. Let me underline that. Throughout the state of Ohio, uh, they can help you. I can't imagine being a small business owner now and ramping back up, trying to get everything taken care of, compliance issues. Mm. Talk about compliance issues. How many compliance issues are you going to have right now with making sure you're okay within the state parameters? You know who's on top of that? AUI Info and Chrissy and everybody are on top of that. And you don't want to have HR headaches. You got ordering and employment, you know, balancing issues and payroll and all this stuff that you have to tend to on a daily basis. You got a million questions and you need somebody who can answer those questions. You need somebody who's available, who's not just taking your check for lining you up with health insurance and benefits and other things. And that is AUI Info. They offer AUI University to all their clients, which is an ongoing, updated, constantly tutorial on all the things that confront you as a small business owner. So you're looking for a friend, you're looking for resources, you're looking for somebody who cares, look for someone who does all those things, but is a small business themselves, auiinfo.com, auiinfo.com. They're based in Akron, but they service the entire state and they have all the answers you're looking for and they are a friend. They're there to help you, auiinfo.com. Yeah, I was thinking about them with all the changes and the, you know, the, some of the problems that the state is having handling unemployment and uh, backlogs. Why? I mean, it'd be well worth it to, to pay the, I'm not, again, I'm just, I just, they popped in. This is just organic, believe me. They popped into my mind that that's the first person I would call, look, I don't have time to spend three hours on hold here. Can you guys kind of navigate this for me or whatever issues you may have? Well, the best thing about them is, let's say you're getting health insurance. The price you pay is the price of the insurance. The people they line you up with pay AUI info. So you're not paying more. Right. You're not paying more. I mean, they're yeah. gonna they're gonna uncomplicate it cost wise and question wise in every way. So there's how they do business. So you're not out. It's not costing you more. To go with AUI, it's like getting it, like, hey, I get the information, I get it free. So, great uh, great people. We love Chrissy and Steve and everybody at auiinfo.com. Did you know Don Shula? Met him a couple times, okay. yes. I covered him. Let's hear it. No, I want to know how, uh, how you met Don Shula, Cleveland guy, passed away this week. Right. Uh, is he still the NFL all-time leader in victories? I believe he is. Uh, I don't know, but his accomplishment of undefeated is hmm? amazing, 17-0. 17-0 which is unbelievable in the NFL. I don't care what era it was in. Um, Don Shula was one of those old-school coaches. Let me uh, run something by you here and see if you can follow my lead, my drift. You have a, th you have a theory you uh, unveiled to me one time, and I've never forgotten it because I thought it's, it's helped me in tough times. The Spielman GVF theory. 
God's very fair, yes. Which means what? Can't have it all. Nobody gets it all, <laughs> no, you say. Nobody get... gets it all. Nope. Okay, Don Shula, you talked about, will always be known as the first, if not the only, coach to coach a perfect season in the NFL. What is the game that people look back on to talk about as one of the landmark games in the history of the National Football League that shaped the modern NFL back when the AFL and the NFL were competing? What is the game that people point to? That, Probably that the, was the a game changer. Joe Namath, the Jets. The Joe Namath upset of the heavily, heavily, Colts. heavily favored Baltimore Colts coached by? Don Shula. Don Shula. So he's got the pinnacle of the 17-0, and 0, right. and he's got what people would look upon as one upset, of the greatest yeah. upset victims in NFL history. And Don Shula, to me, is like the GVF theory. <laughs> like He yeah. gets one, but he, you know, he's also known for the other. I covered shoes with the... Uh, Dolphins in 1987, and it was not a good year to cover the Dolphins because they were when I mean, they got into the Super Bowl two years before, I think, with Marino mm-hmm. in his second year. Dan Marino was an established star. Mark Clayton, Mark Duper, Tony Nathan was aging. Everybody on the defense was aging. The Killer Bees were just, you know, Bob Brzezinski, former Buckeye, yeah. uh, the Black, the Blackwood brothers yeah. in the secondary. Um, they had a big defensive end who I can see had a big beard, started with a B. Anyway, the killer bees were aging, and they were getting lit up on defense every week. And Marino would put 30 on the board, and they'd lose 35-30. They got off to a 1-4 and four start, and that's mm-hmm. when I got handed the beat. <laughs> I think I've heard this story. but He go. was salty, salty, salty. Um, he was very And tough. how old were you? Uh, 27. Okay, so you, uh, and that's when you were f- a little bit full of I was uh, full of, full of something and yeah, vinegar, yes. yeah. <laughs> and I had just covered Jimmy Johnson and the Hurricanes, you know, uh, going to the national championship game with Vinny, and I was afraid of nothing and nobody, and he and I kind of butted heads a few times. I remember he, I, I said something to him that all the other reporters were like, <gasps> can't believe you said that to him. And I, I said it now, and I know why they were shocked that I said it to him. I just said it as a – I didn't mean it as mean as it sounded. They were off to a one-and-four start, and I, they were playing on Monday Night Football in Cleveland. And I said, is there anything to the theory that guys play, you know, differently on Monday night because they know that everybody in the league is watching? And everybody in the league is watching. All the other players in the league are watching. And he looked at me and goes, where'd you hear that? And I said, well, I re- I forget who, who the quote was, but it was somebody that was like a really good team at the time. A lot of coaches have said yeah. that. I said, so-and-so said that. Wayne goes, used to use that all the time. And he goes, well, winners say that. Because the team was a good team that the quote came from. And I said, well, I wouldn't know. That was my response. I said, well, I wouldn't know. Which the guys took as a shot at, well, you coach your crappy Dolphins. Mm-hmm. And you're my exposure to that kind of information. So how would I know that? Because I cover you. Mm-hmm. I didn't mean it that way. It came across that way. It came across that <laughs> it way. It came across that way to me. So, um, <laughs> surprising. I, I don't know if I should tell this story. Just tell it. It happened 30 years ago. You're fine. So there was a rite of passage. My friend Ivan right now in West Jefferson is going, there is no way you're telling this story. I'm going to lighten it up a bit, Ivan. So Shula had a rite of passage for all the writers who covered him his way of disarming them, his way of letting them know that he was in charge. You would rarely get a one-on-one with him, but the first time you asked for a one-on-one with Don Shula, you would go into his office and he would make you wait. I mean, you weren't waiting outside. You were in his office, but he had a bathroom in his office. And he would go in his bathroom and he would shower. And he would come out of the shower naked. (laughs) And then he would sit in his chair behind his desk and put naked. a towel over his privates, and he would yeah. sit there to talk to you while he was naked. What's, it was disarming, to say the least. Okay, so w- w- why would he do that? What's the point? It was basically like, I took it to mean you are so insignificant to me that I am so comfortable around you that I can sit here naked, I don't have to get dressed. Okay. So, you know, it was just his, just his maybe that's an old school, I don't know. That's how I took it, maybe not. But, I don't know either. I mean, Woody Hayes used to, the stories of Woody Hayes would shower with the players and he'd have the guys wash his back. 
to get them over their whatever anger yeah. toward him. Right. Yeah. I remember Keith Ferguson. I don't know if you remember Keith Ferguson. I do. Linebacker Keith, and no, tackle. Defensive end, yeah, tackle. Yeah. Played with Keith in Detroit. <laughs> he used to – and this was – Keith was on his way out. He yeah. was a teammate of mine in the NFL, and I love the guy. Keith was on his way out with the Lions. I played a year or two with him, and in, in, um, he was an Ohio State guy, of course. Really good college player. And he told me stories where Woody was yelling at him or something. <laughs> And Woody asked him to wash his back, and he's like, what? <laughs> I mean, you know, that's yeah. just not— That's disarming. Know, but it's old school stuff. It's old school. You know, it's like uh, I have my—my my, uh, well, uncle-in-law, Stephanie's mom's brother, okay. went to Canton McKinley, and he was a swimmer. And he used to tell me that, like, gym class and um, their swim team practice, would they'd be— Butt ass naked in the pool. Crazy. Do you remember? You ever hear stories? Oh like- yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's kids. Trust me. Things were done differently in the old days. Could you imagine no. that today? No. Could you no. imagine? I mean, oh my gosh. There'd be a furor over that. Now I got to tell an endearing Don Shula story. Uh, when he found out I was from Ohio, he kind of like warmed up to me, and he kind of like Sh- took Buckeye. me under his wing. He was like all about that and i you know i knew something about the history of the cleveland browns with paul brown and jim brown and don shula was a northeast ohio guy so he was very nice to me and very accommodating and i made an egregious mistake one time inadvertently but still nevertheless an egregious mistake shula was after the season ended hired by and they do this sometimes they hired by nbc or cbs or somebody to do their halftime show and pregame mm-hmm. show they wanted don the great don shula's analysis on games and so i wrote a story about it for the Miami News about Don going to New York and, you know, doing the games. I talked to him, and he was going to take his wife, Dorothy, with him. Mm-hmm. And he said, yeah, we look forward to going up there. We'll spend a week. We'll go to a Broadway show, whatever. So I wrote in the in the paper, you know, I, I intended to write in the paper, Shula and his wife, Dorothy. Well, uh, if you look at the keyboard here, Mr. Spielman, um, the F and the D are adjacent to each other. Are they not? Yes. So inadvertently, my fast-fingered typing in the first edition of the Miami News, I wrote, Shula and his wide Dorothy. <laughs> I wasn't there to edit for you, obviously. And she was, was she a bit. Big boned? A bit, yes. <laughs> she's, big, she's a big girl. <laughs> and I was horrified. Did you apologize? I did. I called him. Did he accept your apology? He was like, just chuckled it off. Yeah, okay. Just chuckled it off. And I always was like, that was very gracious of him. Yeah. I said, do I need to call your wife? He's like, no, you don't need to call her. Yeah. <laughs> I think that was relief. Well, you are, you've are. you always been accountable. Oh, I was just horrified when I read that. Yeah. So, fortunately, <laughs> the first that? edition does not was well, not widely circulated. <laughs> I've never forgotten that. What's that, that feeling in your stomach when oh. you know you make a mistake and you you just got you well, just have to face the That's me, the me. second worst feeling. The worst feeling is when you pick up the morning Miami Herald and something happened with the Dolphins and you didn't have it. Oh, really? Oh, getting beat. Well, I mean, you know, yeah. it's losing. You didn't like losing. Yeah. I'm, a, I just, I'm competitive I could, at what I do. I didn't I like losing think, either. I don't think there's a job that I would hate more than being a beat writer. It's awful. For a team. I hated it. <laughs> Why? I, I really did. I mean, it was the highs. It's like, it's like. I mean, it's yeah. somewhat like playing. The yeah, highs of winning, you invest all week. Sunday night, you breathe, and you probably feel good. Then you realize, oh, man, we got so-and-so coming up. Did you guys have the same sources, the, the writers that you were competing with? Well, sometimes, yeah. Sometimes yeah. you cultivate your own. Yeah. Usually, back in that era, you didn't. Back in that era, there wasn't as much uh, posturing, like people telling you stuff to position their own causes. Right. It was just you got to know. And, you know, I was fortunate that the trainer of the Dolphins was an Ohio guy and Brzezinski was an Ohio State guy, so I could talk, you know, Woody stuff with him. Yeah. um, Shula never told me anything off the record, but, you know, some of the guys did. And Marino and I got along fine. Yeah. Boy, Dan Marino, man, in person, was (laughs) he was amazing. He was amazing to watch. Oh, yeah. I played against him. There would be times where guys come in and you'd just be like, well, he's getting sacked here. And the ball would be like, how did he get that out? Yeah. And just right on the money. Man, he's good. All right. It's amazing how good players NFL guys are. Yes. We forget how good the players like Marino are. You know, uh, we just forget how good they are. 
And that's just passage of time. You know who else was a really good player for the Dolphins? And a year older than me? John Offerdahl. John Offerdahl, yeah. Was a John really Lund? good linebacker. West, Western, Western Michigan, Michigan Bronco. Yes, yeah. sir. John Offerdahl was a really good player. Yep. John Offerdahl made his name, would not have been drafted as high as he was drafted by the Miami Dolphins if it were not for the Senior Bowl, mm-hmm. where John Offerdahl uh, certainly made a lot of money. So it's And he was a really good player. I never got to know John. Never met him. Nice guy. Like but him. I knew he was a really good player. Yeah. Uh, okay, Mr. Spielman, uh, it is uh, that time when we transition into the faith element. We want to remind you our newest sponsor, Willis Spangler Starling Attorneys in Hilliard. Look for them online, willisattorneys.com, 614-586-7900, auiinfo.com, uh, servicing the entire state of Ohio, individuals and small businesses, specialists in health insurance benefits, and answering all your questions about rules compliance. There are a ton now in small business. And remember our buddies who I will see and greet today at Hemisphere Coffee Roasters in Mechanicsburg. You can order online, HemisphereCoffeeRoasters.com. You want to go first? Yeah, I'll go first today. So I sat down this morning in my chair in the dark, and I was like, okay, Lord, you know, what do you have for me to share with the people today? And when I sit in my basement with the lights off, there's a little bit of light that creeps in, you know, from the 5.30 a.m. time, and we have a night light out here. And the word light just came to my mind. Mm-hmm. Just, you know, light. And I thought, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to think about light here for a second. And I thought about light, and the reason I thought about it was because when I was up in the kitchen before I came down in the basement, I was getting something to drink, and I heard a loud noise outside. I didn't know what the noise was. Well, typically when, you know, you would hear a loud noise, what would you do? You'd go turn the light on. See what it was. See what Investigate. It was. Sure. Yes. Well, we have lights that are dusted on lights, so they were on. So I looked, and it was nothing. I still don't know what it was. But I thought about how light is comfort. Light would have light made me comfortable in that situation because it illuminated. I could see what was out there. No child that I know of is afraid of the light, but a lot of children are afraid of the dark. Yes. And I don't like, you know, when you're when you're without knowledge, you're said to be in the, in the dark, dark yes. about something. When you gain knowledge on something or when new knowledge is exposed to someone, it is said to what? Come to light. Come to the light. Yeah, so I was thinking about light and how powerless darkness is against light. If you're in darkness, any of you who've ever been to a candlelight service before Christmas... Uh, where you know you turn all the lights off and somebody lights one candle and that person passes a candle to the next person who has a candle and pretty soon you know the first candle makes an enormous difference in the illumination of the room but as the candles are passed around and more and more candles are lit you know the light just takes over so i was pondering light and then i thought about the times that light is mentioned in scripture uh, Jesus said in Matthew 5, 16, let your light shine before men so that they can see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. So let your light. And I thought, okay, well, where does my light come from? Well, he also said, I am, Jesus said, I am the light of the world. I am the light of the world. Now, at this time where everything's heavy and everything's kind of dark and there's this weight upon us throughout the world because of this pandemic, um, we thought perhaps we had uh, lightened our burden for the future by getting a secure retirement or having a great job or being healthy or whatever. All of our things that we thought brought light into our world have now been compromised, and some of them have vanished, and we might feel like we're flailing around in the darkness. Well, that's because we're not we're not accessing the right light. We're, we're counting on our own light, and that's been exposed as somewhat futile. Um, the other concept that light applies to is the weight of something. You know, you can have light and dark, but you can also have light and heavy. And Jesus said about burdens, burdens. and we're carrying burdens right now. He said, Come to me, all of you who are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my burden upon you because my yoke is easy and my burden is light. 
Now, the concept of a yoke, a yoke is a thing that you put over two oxen or two draft horses or whatever to unite them as one, mm-hmm. to make two horses pull as one, to make two oxen pull as one. And I've researched this, and two oxen or two draft horses, and I was just driving up 71 a week or so ago, and I saw an Amish guy with four draft horses pulling a plow. Two can pull four times more weight, more burden than one, if they're working together, if they're working together. But if they're fighting each other, one's going one way, one's going the other, one wants to go left, one wants to go right, one wants to go, one doesn't. They actually will pull and be less effective than if one was pulling alone, which I find applicable to our relationship with Christ. If we're pulling against him, mm-hmm. pulling against his light, we're going to struggle. We're going to flail. We're going to be in darkness. But if we take his burden, which is letting him take care of all our sin, handing it to him, giving it over to him, then our burden becomes light. Because he's leading the way and lighting our path and illuminating where we are to go. So I thought uh, that was what he provided for me, put on my heart this morning uh, for all of you. And I would, would encourage all of you, if, you have a, if you're somewhat savvy in the Bible and you know what a concordance is, go to the back of your Bible and you can look up the word light and you will see all the different places in Scripture where light is mentioned. Yeah. And I think it will be strengthening and encouraging to you. Uh, well, it is to me. Um for a couple of reasons. I mean, I think this COVID-19 experience, uh, it can wear on anybody. It's wearing on me. It's very frustrating. And not so much, you know, obviously I don't want anybody to get sick. I don't want anybody to die. That's a given. And it's just part, dying's part of living, unfortunately. That's truth. And anybody that says anything different is lying to you. It's just part of life is that we all die. As we said on the show, death is undefeated except once in history where we're all going to die of this body. And when I watched the press conference, you know, there's going to be cuts, mm-hmm. major cuts, Bunch cuts to education, stuff. Medicare, all these things, $700 million worth of cuts plus 700 plus million, which is awful. And I understand that the, the team of Governor DeWine, Dr. Amy Atkin, and Lieutenant Governor John Husted doing the best that they thought they did, and I thought they did a great job in the beginning. I just, for the life of me, um, get frustrated with that. You know, I think moving forward, we eventually have to move forward because we can't stay the course that we're on because of devastation that is happening. 26 suicides Mm. last weekend, you know, and so I'm reading all this stuff. So it takes me. So when you're surrounding yourself with dark, dark, yeah, it takes you dark, right? Without bringing light into it. Mm -hmm. Um, Then I was reminded of prior generations. There was a photo going on. I don't know if you saw it. 1918. The football game? 657,000 people died, supposedly, of the Spanish, Spanish flu. flu. Worldwide? Or in America? Uh, uh, Might have been, okay. uh, been in our country. Anyway, they're at a football game and people have masks on. You have it up right there. And we were also fighting a world war. And I just thought that the, the amazing toughness of that generation and toughness being defined that not by you know oh i can take a punch or i'll beat anything but the the willingness to understand that hardship's going to come and we have to deal with the hardship now i get i understand we got to be smart we got to be responsible anybody that follows me on twitter i've tweeted out numerous times be aware be responsible be without fear but i also started tweeting adding to that be free. Mm-hmm. And there's the picture that you have up, which is absolutely amazing to me. And I just, you know, I just know that what we're doing, and I think even Governor Cuomo, who's probably a little bit different on politically, 
where I am, said what we're doing is unsustainable as far as shutting keeping things shut down. You, you have to be able to start to live and understand that with living there comes risk. But you can mitigate the risk by looking at, okay, well, there's people that are 65 and over with underlying mm-hmm. conditions. we got to keep them a little bit isolated. If you're around them, be smart, wear a mask. All those things are people with underlying conditions. There's a study out today from MIT about the exact same thing at, at you know, the, the devastation that we're causing here uh, is, is um, could be irreparable. My whole belief system is give me a chance to fight. Give me a chance, even whether it was with cancer or whether it was my career, or whether it's with some issues that some of my kids are dealing with. Just let me know the information and give me a chance to fight. Maybe I'm wrong. I don't know, but I feel like that's being taken away from our folks, that we don't have a chance. So I got to remind myself and humble myself that pride comes before destruction and a haughty spirit before a fall. So I'm trying to be humble, but I'm also wanting a chance. And when I see a hairdresser get seven days in jail because she wants to open up her business to be able to make money so she can support her family, and they haul her off to jail, it's very frustrating to me. And she's doing every precaution. She's not operating without responsibility. But in your light segment, to tie that in, Proverbs twenty twenty seven, the spirit of a man is the lamp of the Lord, searching all the inner depths mm-hmm. of his heart. I got to be honest with you, man. When you take away freedom, the message that you're sending is, first of all, you don't trust me. And you don't, and second of all, you think I'm not capable of compassion. Then finally, you take away our ability to fight. Mm-hmm. And that's the one thing that I hold near and dear to me is I don't care what I'm fighting as long as I know that I can start swinging back. I'm not trying to be political. I'm no. not trying to go on anyone. I'm trying to explain to everybody how I feel. Yeah. Does that make sense? It does. And I think the th- uh, thing that um, resonates with me as you go through that, your heart's desires there, takes us back to that scripture that we've cited often on this show, that 2 Timothy 1.7 is that God did not give us a spirit of fear, but of power. So we want to fight. Love. Love, so we want to be sensitive to others and their needs, and self-discipline, which, yeah. which is you know knowing this is something I can do, this is something I can't do. Right. There'll be a time I can do this. So it's just those those root qualities that God gives us, but He does not give us a spirit of fear. You can give me eighteen thousand reasons to wear a mask, and then there's eighteen thousand other scientists that disagree with wearing a mask. They weren't wearing masks for six weeks. There hasn't been a surge, but all of a sudden everybody needs to wear a mask. You know, I don't know who to believe or what to believe. And I just know this. Don't take away the freedom for people to choose their own destiny. And I fear that's happening and it's making me sick. And that's because it's not one of pride. It's one of that I don't have a spirit of, of being timid. God didn't put and I look at that picture this morning. That's what set it off. They're fighting a world war. Yep. They're fighting the Spanish flu, but they're still living. They're sitting in a packed stadium Man. with masks on. 1918. I, I'm, Much I'm, different. And by mindset. the way, this is not Much a different. This mindset. is not a judgment on anybody. It's yeah. how I feel, and I'm talking to the listeners, yeah. not over the listeners. Yeah. I just wanted. To I mean, you're, I want you to hold me accountable. Is yeah. that my pride talking or no, is that no, my no, spirit no, talking of? No. It's your spirit of confidence. But again, you know, a lot of people have um, a much tighter grasp on their mortality than you and I do because they don't have an eternal perspective. And I don't mean that as a criticism. It's, not, it's, not it's a, just like, look, if, if you're, as in anything in life, any position that you take on something, it's a, it's a factor of your perspective on it, what you value, what you prioritize. And there are some things in this world that because my filter through which I 
uh, evaluate everything is different than your filter, we will never come to an agreement on it, right. on whatever that is. Reopening Ohio may be one of those things. Abortion may be one of those things. Economic policy may be one of those things. Well, foreign policy, whatever. We're not going to come to an agreement, but it doesn't mean we shouldn't talk and can't right. talk and can't communicate and can't be respectful of each other. But is this somehow we got to this idea where everybody, we have to get total agreement on everything, and that's never going to happen. Yeah. Because all it does is foster more disagreement. The one thing we don't need in this world is one more thing to argue about, and this is just added to our list of things to argue about. Yeah, I'm not arguing. I'm just no, stating my feelings. Yeah, I'm with you. That'll do it for a Wednesday edition of the Spielman and Hooley We Tackle Life podcast. We hope you'll join us Friday when we'll draw four names for people who win $250 each in COVID-19 relief. So keep those nominations coming. Spielman Hooley Podcast at gmail.com. Spielman Hooley Podcast at gmail.com.